Uh, player number 213650, Oliver Wines. Registration number 4695, Paul Kularitis. Player number 208697, Hamish Hartlett, West Adelaide. Player 211663, Ben Jacobs, Sandra Dragons, Brighton Grammar. Player 111339, Travis Spoke, Geelong Falcons. Hi and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. Um, now this is part two of our 2013 pre-draft special. I'm your host, Macca19. Um, now, what we actually did was recorded this podcast last night, but due to a major technical malfunction, um, we nearly lost almost three uh, three quarters of the podcast. Now, what I've been able to do this afternoon is retrieve parts of the podcast. So the first 20 minutes or so, this will be done in a slightly different manner. Um, joining me on the podcast was regular co-host Fishing Rico 4. Um, we also had two other guests uh, from the forum on this episode, um, both long-time members of our forum, uh, the first being Janus and the second being Mission Possible. So the reason we had both Janus and Mission Possible on is to discuss the upcoming draft on Thursday evening. Um, both are regular posters in all the draft threads on our board and the draft and trading forum as well. Uh, Mission Possible is also a regular on the um, on the draft board Bigfooty official Phantom Draft. Um, now Mish is actually coming at this from a more professional standpoint. Um, has it, as he's actually done some work for AFL clubs in the past as an SANFL talent scout. Um, so we're just going to have a little, uh, a very quick interview with him about that and see what his role used to be. Um, started in 205, done it for a couple of clubs. Um, last year was my last year I did it. I had to stop this year because of family issues, which is frustrating because I love it, live and breathe it more than I should. But yeah. It's been an interesting experience seeing how different clubs go about it and probably say from 2005 it was very amateur where now it's quite professional. So what's the scouting process? What was your role as an SANFL scout? Basically, it, it starts off the season with just go see football and pick out guys you think can play. So basically you're trying to find players for the senior guys to come and watch and evaluate. So you tend to do that the first six weeks of the year, try and get as many players as you think have got AFL. Then between there and the carnival, you're trying to work out which one's really draftable. So you start with this broad list of names. Let's say in South Australia you'd start off with 30 names. By draft, by national championships, you've cut it down to about 15 guys you think are draftable in this state, out of the under-18s with senior footy keeping the eyes on who's doing it. Then after the championships, pretty much if they haven't put their name up, it's very hard for somebody to get drafted, purely because everyone's focused on working out who, what everybody's deficiencies are and what their strengths are and where, what's going to stop them playing AFL and what's they're going to be able to transition to AFL and what role they'll play in an AFL team. So you're working on that. So if somebody comes up late in the year, they really have to be playing exceptional football because if somebody, you've got a recruiting manager, he won't draft anybody he hasn't seen play. So if they're interstate, they're pretty much trying to focus on the kids already on the list. They're trying to see 80 kids life in the last two months of a season so to go see somebody they haven't seen they really have to be playing with somebody that they're going to see it's just purely a man hours issue now is it normally the recruiting manager that will give you a list and say hey we want you to go and check out these guys or is it more the scout that says these players look afl potential we need to do some more homework on them basically it works both ways like it's not the manager goes here, look at these guys. So as I said at the beginning, it's us feeding him names. He'll have names from the previous year that he wants looked at. And then, yeah, as, as the list gets whittled, basically we'll get there and whittle the guys ourselves. We'll sit there and go, no, I've watched Matthew West off three times. He's just not good enough for AFL football. What talent he's got, he's not going to be able to transition. 
and they'll agree and go, yep, every now and then they'll get there and go, no, keep watching him. And they're like you and me. They have their favourites that they really like. And that's hard. That's where they have to be careful is that they don't just go for their favourites. And that's where it's probably got very professional. They lose their objectivity if they've got favourites, don't they? But it's human nature, yeah. And that's where I say they've got a lot more professional and realised that they've they've got to judge their favourites the same as everybody else. Fair enough. Now, once the games have finished, um, does the SANFL scout continue in discussion with the recruiting department? Yes. Yep. Um, Basically, the season ends, we have a major meeting with the whole recruiting department, Um, basically going through your state's players. And from there on, you'll then... That's basically... They just want you to keep your nose on the ground for gossip. Who, who's talking to who, who's getting interviewed by who, all that sort of stuff. And that's when you always you find out someone like Christian Howard, oh, everybody's into him, even though you're not. So. <laughs> well, that'd be, that'd be a good thing, wouldn't it? You'd be thinking, beauty, well, then we don't have to worry about that one. Well, that was one where you get there at that point in the year and you go, Shit, did we cross him off too quick? It's like, like we all evaluated him when we crossed him off, and it's like, did we cross him off too early and not pay enough attention? So, in hindsight, you'd be sitting there, well, probably a good thing at this stage, but he's probably only half a dozen games away from everyone regretting not picking him. And just a sneaky one, how many players that you promoted to the, the various recruiting teams that you worked for ended up actually being drafted? Um, yeah, that's that's an interesting one because, yes, there's probably about 10 South Australians that I scouted for over that period of time that ended up with the club I was at. So, and, but it's not because I like them, they end up at the club. It's through the process they end up at the club. But, but yeah, um, I certainly have my favourites that I've drafted and there's one that, Yep, it's good to see him playing real good AFL football when um, most clubs ignored him. The club I was at ignored him for two years and now he's playing good footy. So that always feels good. Can you say who that was or you don't want to? No, I'll leave that out at the moment. (laughs) No dramas, I'll I'll nail you down later behind closed doors. Yeah, no worries. Now, a huge thanks to Mission Possible there for sharing his insight on life as an SANFL scout. So what we also did last night was do a very quick phantom of the first 20 picks of the AFL draft just to get to our first pick, which is pick 21. Um, I'll be able to cut in some uh, some thoughts from the guys uh, shortly, but let's just go through the list very quickly. Um, obviously, GWS pick one. They're going to pick Tom Boyd first and foremost. Uh, pick two, GWS, uh, is Josh Kelly. Um, the first one that was kind of a live pick was uh, pick three St Kilda. Um, we picked Jack Billings, and this is why we picked him. Well, everyone seems to be thinking Billings is the way to go. Uh, probably just yes, just probably just best available. I would say, um, pretty good at what he does. Yep, Billings, lock him in. Well. Mind you, there's a couple around there that are just as good, but St Kilda, I just sit there and go, midfielder is forward of the football. They'll, they just need him. Could they speculate on, like, Bontem Pelly, who's a, uh, you know, sort of almost that forward height, and they need to sort of look at their forwards in a way too, don't they? I would sit there and think, if they're going to do that, they'll do it at 18 and 19. You don't get many chances to pick up a kid like Billings that you know isn't going to fail. Bonnie still got that little bit of risk of failure about him. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to the Phantom Draft, pick four Western Bulldogs, uh, we had James Aish. Uh, pick five Gold Coast, we had Cade Collajasny. Um, pick six Collingwood, uh, there's been a bit of discussion about this pick. Uh, we ended up picking Matt Scharenberg, and this is why we chose him. 
uh, Scharenberg, if he's still available. I, I don't think Collingwood would be expecting him to drop to six. But I think if Scharenberg's gone, Bontepelli will go there. So where are they going to be drafting? Seeing as an SA lad, just have a quick chat. Where do, where's he going to be played if he's drafted? Is he is he going to be that halfback flanker? Is he will he have the potential to be a, a permanent midfielder? Scharenberg is one of these ones who junior footy to start with was played forward and through the midfield. Um, first game footy I saw him play was at. Um, college football and he just I just sat there and went who's this kid like, he just ripped it apart like a young Wayne Carey just dominated the game footy um, for um, against bloody Ross Trevor for um, Emmanuel and Emmanuel almost beat Ross Trevor and that never happens and this is when he's still year 11 um, when he's an under 16 kid um, he's development the next year to go back on a halfback flank and play senior footy off of there was amazing because he had to completely change his game from being just based on marking so he then read the play and he got himself fit and went and found a yard of pace and I think you'll find in the AFL system you'll find another yard of pace so just a physical development I don't think you actually play him in the centre but it'll be through the midfield, you'll use him for your linking all your way through or your outlet from defence. Or if he goes to the bullies, he could even start up forward. Pick seven was a bit of a contentious one for us, for the Brisbane Lions. Um, it was going to be Cam McCarthy, but we got talked around into into going for Marcus Bontempelli as well. This is why we chose Bontempelli. I, I, would, I would think if Bontempelli's still on the radar... They'll take him. But I think if Bontempelli, Scharenberg and Collar are all gone, then they'll take McCarthy. But, yeah, I just can't see them. McCarthy's just one of these picks that, as a recruiting department, you could get killed on. Two years later, he could turn into nothing and everybody go, why did you take this kid? I think that was the reason why I didn't want to pick him at 14. When other people wanted to, you know, twenty one, I'd be like, yeah, if he's there, but he won't be there. But yeah, yeah. Um, well, Mish has convinced me that you're they're almost going to try and take the best pick more than speculation, which I guess would mean maybe with what's left, you'd be looking at uh, what is it, Salem? Maybe at that pick. Oh, I think Bontempelli's still the best pick if we he's still in there. Pick eight, North Melbourne. That's already locked in father-son with Luke McDonald going there. Uh, pick nine was Melbourne, Nathan Freeman. Uh, pick ten, Collingwood's second pick. We chose Christian Salem. Uh, West Coast first pick, which is pick 11, we chose Dominic Sheed. Uh, for Richmond, at uh, pick 12, we picked Lewis Taylor. Um, for Carlton, pick 13, we picked uh, tall forward Cameron McCarthy. GWS's third pick, number 14, we picked Blake Akers. A good pick there. Uh, Sydney pick 15, we picked uh, South Aussie Trent Dumont. Uh, Geelong at pick 16, they picked uh, tough midfielder Zach Jones. Uh, 17, Fremantle, we've got picking uh, Cameron Giles, another South Aussie there. Um, and another South Aussie at pick 18 for St Kilda, Luke Dunstan. Uh, pick 19, also St Kilda, which we chose uh, Zach Merritt. And finally, pick 20, Gold Coast, we chose Billy Hartung, which leads us to our first pick at pick 21. So we, we've got a few names that we were going to pick uh, with pick 21. We'll just go through them um, and get the thoughts of the guys very quickly before we go back to the normal podcast. Uh, first off, we spoke about Michael Apeness. Yep. Well, what about if I asked it this way? If we looked at our Geelong team in the final that we lost to, um, from that team, who's remaining that we could pick at the table here that would slot straight into round one? and play in our round one side. Is there anyone left that would fit into our team straight away? Ooh, if the, if no. the answer's no, no. I'd, I'd probably say you might as well go with Apeness then. Plus he's got a pretty cool name. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, do you get what I mean? If there's no players there that 
really is a lock to fit into our round one side. And I don't think there is because I think our squad is starting to look pretty strong now and just needs more time to develop. Well, if that's the case, why not take the best available tool? And I'd imagine that Aitness would have to be the one. I would think, well, Aitness, I think there's a lot of hype about him coming off of a knee injury and he looks good. But let's face it, he's played TAC football and he's kicked 25 goals for the year. It's not really a hell of a lot of production for the hype that's around him. I love his size and he looks good, but you just getting um, Daniel Stewart back into the team. A one and a half goal full forward who can pinch into a rack at the moment. All right. I just think does he, so he, he doesn't influence the game? Not, not enough for my liking. He certainly, and that's where I think this draft is really hard because you want the idea of apeness is brilliant, but the actual product that you're getting with apeness, I don't think lives up to the idea. Well, what would he need to do as a player to then step it up to be um, that player at AFL level then? Well, he's got to present more often. He's got to cover a lot more ground. And you would question whether he can cover the amount of ground that you require from an AFL full forward, remembering that you don't have a full forward working out of the goal square the whole game. They actually have to be able to play up at centre forward and virtually play on the ball for 10 minutes and then go back. And like um, you've seen the transition in um, Schultz, how he can now play up the ground. He's not just out of the goal square. Yep. Um, so I sit there and look at the tools. If I was going to go at all at the moment, it would be um, Jake Collagesny. But that's a different type of tool because you're looking at the athletic half-back flanker, full-back type thing. Well, isn't um, he only 192 centimetres? Uh, 190. Well, it depends whether you believe draft camp results. That gets him up to about 194 now. I think it was oh, okay. I think it was 193.6 he measured. So, so they, are they allowing high heels at draft camps now, are they? <laughs> well, it was a bit like that this year. There is a theory that you're an inch taller in the morning, so if you measure them in the morning, they're going to be taller. Mish, you're just opening yourself right up there. I'll I'll keep my mouth shut. Next of all, we spoke about uh, Matt Crouch, the brother of uh, Adelaide Crow Brad Crouch. I like him. I think... I know he's got problems with his disposal efficiency and things like that, but I just think... If he's willing to work at it and um, with a bit more fitness with Burgess coming in, getting a hold of him, building up this tank, I think we need an accumulator and someone who just can rack up possessions like at 40 a game or 35 so that taggers go to that particular person rather than someone like a Boker or a Hartlett that might be a bit more damaging to the side. If you understand what I'm getting at you you know someone who can link up with the players and stuff because all our guys i mean if boke or uh wines or wingard had a 35 possession game it'd be it's a big deal or as you take a look at guys like dane swan um ablett i'm not saying that crouch is going to be there so it's part of the course i'm not saying Monk crouch is going to be like those guys but I definitely need someone who can just, you know, just do the little one-twos and stuff and just like, oh, how did he do? Get those possessions and gives the opposition someone else to focus on rather than just the usual suspects. Um, I I think he's disappointingly lazy this year. Um, I'm amazed that a kid with an older brother in the AFL system can rock up with a body shape like he has this year and go through the motions. Um, like his skin fold tests are absolutely shocking. He, he's going to get one rude awakening when he lands at an AFL club. Having said that, I think when he does 
his, his football is going to really improve. However, in traffic, you've really got to wonder whether he's going to ever develop poise, whereas he's just always going to be the slam it on the boot. Um, so, yeah, and just defensive work rate. It's all well and good to get 40 touches a game, but that's not going to cut it in AFL. First thing coach is going to do is say, defence, defence, defence. Um, so I'd let him go, but he's, he's re- should be in the mix for our pick. And finally, we spoke about Jarman Impey uh, with our first pick at 21. Impey. Impey. Yeah. It looks real good. Impey looks real good. But again, you're looking at a midfielder who only gets the ball 17, 18 times in TAC Cup. That's got to ask questions as to why he only gets the ball that often. He's a bit small for a permanent AFL midfielder as well, isn't he? 178 centimetres. Oh, that's good enough. He's big enough. He's, what, near on 80 kilos, so... um, He's not that much smaller than Kane, so yeah, there's plenty. I don't think height's really an issue. It's more with you build whether you can establish it. But yeah, I just yeah, I'd love to have seen him live more this year to see why he's only getting 17 touches a game. And from here on in, the podcast is back to normal. So hope you enjoy, guys. Okay, so if we don't go for Jarman Impey, what about James Battersby? Because they're pretty similar players, except for Battersby's the local, and he's got a lot of exposed form in the SNFL. Were you I a fan had... of Battersby, Macca? I was, yep. Yeah, that was my original pick at pick 21. I've changed my mind now, but yeah, I'm a pretty big fan of his. Battersby, to me, is more a Kane Corns pick. He would just get the job done. He'll keep working all day. There's nothing flash about him. You're not going to get there and go, boy, this kid's great with the football. But at the end of the day, you're going to get there and go, yep, he played a good game. Um, He's got nothing which excites you, but there's nothing about his game which you say, oh, that's shocking, if that makes sense. Yep. Okay, well, what about Patrick Cripps? I think with Cripps, you really have to question his leg speed, particularly off the mark. And if he's going to be an inside midfielder, he tends to look good when he hits packs at pace and gets through them at Colts level. You just wonder whether he'd be able to do that at AFL level. And then his use of the ball by foot is very questionable once he gets through. I wouldn't pick 21. I think there's better players available. Well, we've had a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of talk about George Hewitt, who's another South Aussie. Um, do we see him as an option at pick 21? He's certainly an option. Um, the kid's, what, two days off of being in next year's draft pool. Yep. And if a kid, if a bottom major had had the carnival that Hewitt had, everybody would be talking about him being a top five pick next year. Um, he is a bit one-paced, um, which means he's really, generally, he has no explosive speed at all, but he's working side packs, his hands are clean, he gets his hands free, he's poised, there's no panic handle, no panic disposal, he finds the option to release somebody into open space. There's a lot Porto of class. may be able to get the um, the North Adelaide out of Hewitt, though. <laughs> I, could, I had to I, chuck that in there. I just got that out for a little while, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So. Yeah. But I guess yeah. if we're looking at a maybe a potentially a small lockdown defender, well, what attributes then are, are we want? You're saying Hewitt might not have that speed. So nah, really, Hewitt, that would Hewitt's be... a pure midfielder. So Hewitt's your inside, outside mid. Right? Mm. He's going to collect many of the ball, but yeah, he's not going to play back. He might be able to pinch it up forward, but even then, he hasn't done much up forward. 
He's really a midfielder. Well, Janus, what sort of uh, what names have you got as a shutdown midfield, uh, shutdown defender for pick twenty-one? Well, other than the ones that we've mentioned right now, <laughs> <laughs> you got. Uh, what is that well, guy? Is Battersby more of a shutdown defender? I thought he was more of a sort of like a Colhoun sort of style. Yeah, well, that's the reason why you wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't pick him because he's probably exactly the same sort of mould as Colhoun. You've, yeah. you've got that. I mean, and Colhoun, as much as I love him, he's not in my best twenty-two in round one. If everyone else is up to speed and yeah. playing to their potential, so sure. Um, uh, I don't want to steal Mission's Thunder, but you've got that uh, Darcy... How do you say his name? last name? Burn Jones? Yep. Yep. He can talk about him because he's one of his favourites. Yes. Love him. <laughs> Pure, purely because he does feel that down-back role. Um, he's only a skinny, small kid, but he's quick. He's got the endurance. He'd be able to play on the real quick Milne-type players because he'll be able to go up the ground with them and expose them the other way as well as going back. Um, and you hear Hankley talk about competitors. There's one thing this kid is, is he's a competitor. He'll bust his guts. May not have the class of a Hewitt, but he's got the pace and he's got the desire to be good. And I think that's about where we're at with pick 21, is somebody who wants the contest. Yeah, sounds good to me. It does sound good to me too. <laughs> I think we've got. I personally think we've got enough elite or potentially elite players in Wingard and Wines and Hartlett and Boke and all those guys. But we need guys who are going to be able to fill a role and do their part for the team. Because you look at when you win a premiership, it's not normally. I mean, the stars will get the job done but it's always the unheralded guys that will push you over the line yep and absolutely yeah alright well know. I think we've got our pick 21 yep but I'd like to mention a few others okay <laughs> well so, okay. so would I thank you very much what about um, Jonathan Marsh we've just Jonathan brushed Marsh. over we've just brushed over <laughs> that poor young fella and uh, I thought he was a great opportunity for Port Adelaide thank you very much um, uh, I like him. <laughs> apparently, I like the idea you of Marsh, I... but I think he's got a lot of question marks about him. Yep. His endurance is the main thing. Um, it's pretty hard to get from very poor endurance to get it up to acceptable AFL level. Um, I think a lot of clubs have tried with players in the past and many clubs have failed where they thought they'd be able to get their endurance levels up. I guess that that would be a, more of a concern now with the the shift with the, um, the interchange cap as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And when you virtually get everybody on the field plays midfield now, they have to be able to run through the midfield. So you can't have them blowing up in a minute's worth of running and not being able to work defensively, because <laughs> that's what I'd do if I stood Marsh. Well, do we see I'd, him I'd as just being run a him up slide. the ground and explode him. Is he someone that's going to be the big slider of the draft? Because a lot of people were talking about him as a first-round pick, um, and now all the talk about him is that he could slide to the 50s. I think as far as a big footy slider, yeah. Yep. I, I doubt the AFL clubs actually had him in the first round. I think yep. everybody would have got excited by what they saw, like everybody on big footy got excited. Is he David Gordis the second? Well, I was trying to remember his name as we were speaking, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's what AFL clubs have to worry about. So when you start looking at pick twenty one, I just sit there and go, it's a huge risk. Unless they know something about him we don't know. Okay. Well, quick question. If uh, if both Dunstan and Dumont slide and are available at our pick, which one do we choose? Janus? I would go with Dumont. Snap. Yep. 
Dunstan. Dunstan was our um, 34.9% poll winner in who should we get for pick 21 on Bigfooty. So it's quite interesting that you guys are going the other way. It's interesting because I didn't vote for Jimont because he won't be available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that might have been, yeah. Yeah, I think that's why I chose Battersby, to be honest. Yep. All right, um, so pick 21. Okay, yep. The other one, Kennedy Harris would probably be the pure best player available at that pick. Okay. But... I just cannot see us picking up another 173 centimetre midfielder. Yeah. So I've put a line through pick 21 for that, but if they're just going to go purely best, he's really in the mix. Um, And the other fast outsider would be Malcolm Carpenny from the Eagles. Go, Malcolm. Yep, again, but there's another 176 centimetre outside tight. Um, or if they're real keen, they could go for Dwayne Wilson. Yep. Who has a... He is an interesting prospect because he has the ability to break open an AFL game football. But he's got a long way to go from where he is to being an AFL footballer. Um which a lot of that's his family upbringing. He's actually done well to get where he is. And I think he'll excel in an AFL environment. But it's going to be baby steps for him to start with. Okay. All right. So for the sake of this podcast, pick 21, we have to pick now Darcy Byrne-Jones. Are we locking him in? I think yep. Yeshin sold me. <laughs> Welcome to Port Adelaide, Darcy Byrne-Jones. I was not expecting that when I sat down tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Two hyphens on the back flanks. I was, flanks. I I was actually expecting Ben Lennon. <laughs> ben Lennon. Oh, no thanks. All right. Well, we might skip all the way through to our second pick, pick 45. There's going to be a lot of players gone. A lot of those names will be gone by then that we've just mentioned. Um, who is in the uh, who's in the range at pick forty five? And do we go tall now because we've just taken a small our first pick? I don't think yeah. we go tall. Don't go tall just because we got our first pick. But if the right tolls are available, yes. Um, okay. I think this is where this draft's going to be interesting in that mid-range because to me there's a lot of reasonable footballers that are in that 190-192 range that could all disappear in that level or they could all be still there at our pick. Okay, well let's list off some names that could be there. Um, Darcy Hurrigan, Mitch Harvey, uh, Luke Reynolds, Jake Pitt, Toby Nankovis. Uh, ben Brown and possibly Jake Collajasny as well. I would be surprised if Jake gets through, yep. but if he does, I'd be all over him. Um, okay. Yep. He'd just be that third defender to go with um, Jackson and um, Honch for the future. Somebody you could groom up to take over from Carlo. Yep, Janus, what are your thoughts, mate? About Cole Jesney? Or pick 45 in general. Oh, pick 45 in general, okay. Um, yeah, well, obviously still, you don't want to pick someone just for the sake of picking them, just because they're tall. I mean, you still, it's on an AFL list, how many players are there? 45, is that it? Of course, 40. Around about that. Anyway. Yeah, something, something like that. Any, whatever it is, you, I think you'd want to make sure that every one of those players offered something to your team and could do a job, and whether that means they're developing or they're doing it right now. So just picking someone for the sake of them, oh, yeah, this guy's a tall, or we just need a key position forward or whatever, it's not the way that I would do it. So yep. if someone like a... 
um, who was that guy, Toby Nenkovitz? Is that his yep. name? Yep. Yeah. If he was there, he said he seems to be pretty good from what I've read about him. Um, I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on him as a player, but Very that's someone that someone I'd be looking at. Hopefully, he's there. I think he ticks probably both of boxes in that uh, he could probably play forward and also in the ruck. So I think we're possibly in the market for both. Um, and, yeah, look, he's a name that will definitely be in the mix at 45, I would think. Well, with, with the delisting of Renouf, does that suggest that we might be taking someone like him with one of the second or third picks? I would think that says, yes, we will look. On face value, you would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now, whether that be Ben Brown, Nankervis, or um, the WA boy, um, Lob. Uh, Lob. Well, I think he'll be well and truly gone. If he's there at forty-two, we better take him. Um, that would be a steal of the draft. Getting Lob down there. Um, Darcy Cameron, the other one from WA that you'd be looking at is your ruck stocks. On one of the, on one of the, uh, the Phantom drafts, they had Nat, uh, Nathan Drummond around our pick as well. Yes, yep. Again, he's a good little back pocket player. Um, really, really competitive. Looks unco the way he runs, but it is actually quite good. Um, you just wouldn't tell your kid that's how you run, but it works for him. So <laughs> as long as it works, it works. Um, kicking efficiency probably harms him, but when we're talking about pick 42 in this draft, I think that's why he would be available. And you just hope you could fix something like that. I really rate him. So then he might be, um, Seem we've been talking about, requiring a, a back pocket, then he should be someone we're definitely having a look at then. Oh, yeah, if if Port aren't looking at him, I'd be very disappointed. Janus? I was going to say that if we're looking at him at pick 45, someone like that, and he's doing the same sort of job, like that shut... We're talking that he's that shutdown defender. Can he do that or not? He can shut down. He can also yeah. play midfield, so you're not just picking somebody who's purely a shutdown defender. So. Yeah. So what we could do, if there was a slider 21, say, let's say a miracle happened and Jumont was there at 21, and we say, pick him, pants down, lap around the table time, then at 45, you'd go for someone like... Um, I've got, completely got his, forgot his name. Drummond. Drummond again. Drummond, Drummond, you pick him at 45. Or would you still go for College Asney? At I would, 45. I would then go for Drummond at 45. Okay. Um, well, again, if Collar's Jasnick's there, you then got to look at which one you think is going to get through to 52. Mm -hmm. Because the picks are so close together, you can sit there and go, well, we want both. Which one don't we think is going to get taken by another club? I'm going to talk quickly about Mitch Harvey because he's someone that's uh, opinions have sort of polarised, not just on our board but across big footy as a whole as well. Um, some people see him as going in the top sort of 25. Others think he'll be lucky to get drafted at all. He had a shocking draft camp. Um, where do we see him sort of in the mix? Uh, below Matthew Penos. <laughs> <laughs> so what, Norwood Reserves? <laughs> Um, well, at the moment, he still plays old-style for Ford. Lead up and catch the ball, and that's all I do. Which is great for Colts footy and reasonable for reserves footy. But we don't play AFL footy that way. Or do we? Let's no, kibosh that, Macca. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I was into him, then I wasn't, then I was sort of unsure... I'm thinking he'll probably still be there very late. I think he'll be there at uh, at our third or fourth pick. 
Well, our, third, our fourth is almost determined anyway, so... Yeah. Everyone probably... knows who I want. I want bloody Darcy Hurrigan, so that's that's my pick. I was going to bring that up with you in a second because you haven't really <laughs> mentioned him, so why do you want Darcy at Port Adelaide, Macca? I just think his style of play, the way that he plays forward, is the sort of, uh, sort of lead-up half-forward that we need in the side at the moment. It's someone that we lack. It's the player type that we lack. Um, and I think he would be very, very suitable to playing at AFL level in our side, in that role. How tall is he? Uh, 191, I think. Okay. So is that Are we talking Tom right Fleur now? Talking right now, I think, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's yeah, 191.6 okay. or something like that. No, no, I mean, I mean playing right now. Oh, next playing year. right now. Uh, or you expect him in four years or three well, look, years' time I, to develop? I think both, because I think, look, Butcher and Shaw both seem to be more of that sort of stay-at-home forward, uh, that sort of forward 50-arc player. Um, and I think Hurigan's got, you know, more of that sort of lead-up, you know, can play sort of centre-half forward or half-forward flank and do that role uh, better than what Butcher or Shaw could do for the future. Mm-hmm. OK, with Darcy, can you remember where he made his SNFL debut as a 15-year-old? It was on a back flank, wasn't it? Yep. He's not just a lead-up forward. He can play elsewhere around the ground. And he's smart enough to find the footy. You'd... With Darcy, I think your question is, is he going to adapt to AFL lifestyle? If he does, he's going to be good. So you would really be looking at his personality to work out whether you're going to pick him or not. And I think at 45, he's right in the mix. I would love him at pick 45. He's the person that I want at pick 45. Um, I'm not sure whether he'll actually reach it or not. I reckon he might go before that, though. Darcy's so unpredictable. It's just that whether everybody gets it in his mind, he's just a lead-up forward and slides. Um or whether people can see the other side, that he can actually play midfield and he can actually run through the midfield. Obviously, his endurance base is way off it at the moment, but, again, sometimes we lose focus that these kids need three years in the system before they play good football. We get... You have somebody like Wines and Wingard come into the system and you forget most people don't play good football until they're 21. Okay. Time limit is up. Pick 45. Who are we picking? Jonas? Pressure's on. No. It'd be a toss-up between... Well, it all depends on what we're picking. Who did we say we're going with 21? That Darcy... Uh, Burn Jones. Burn Jones, didn't we? Okay, so... At 45... Um, I was going to say... Uh, Nankovis, but... Let's... Again, you guys have convinced me. Hurricane seems to be the type, if he can build up his tank and stuff, then that's the way I'd be going. Look yes. at him. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. If I we pick Darcy Hurricane, I'm going to be doing laps around the bloody living room. That's what I'll do. <laughs> All right. Pick 52. Straight after. Who are we getting? We've now got a small. We've now got a, a quasi-toll. Will Nankovic still be there? Or do we go small again with someone like Dwayne Wilson if he's going to be there? Or a Riley Knight or Alex Spinner, maybe someone like that? I'll go with Drummond. Drummond? Yep. I reckon Mish will take Drummond if he's there at 52. Yeah, yeah. Subject to... I really like Jake Pitt as a tall athletic type who's real good at using the footy. Um, but, oh, the draft's just so all over the place. Alex Spinner is just so good inside. He uses the ball exceptionally well. Um, um, he's quick, which most people don't see. Um, it's his endurance you would have to work on. Uh, he's 
He's an AIS kid who's got the chance to be elite AFL. Um, well, then it might be worth a gamble then, wouldn't it? Well, at pick, really, if he's there at pick 52, it's pretty hard to go past him. Right. He's just got potential to be that inside clearance person. I'm just and wondering... Different... Sorry, Mish, I was going to say, I'm just wondering if... Um... Part of our strategy this year could be to maybe go more small and really get that small depth up with the with the view that maybe next year we trade a better quality mid out that's already existing to try and get a higher draft pick to get one of the better tools in next year's draft. I wonder if that might be a potential strategy of the of the club. I don't think you go into a draft thinking like that. I think you just go in there trying to add the best players to your list without unbalancing your list. Right. If you don't want to go through this draft and grab six guys who are 180 centimetres, you have to balance it out. And I think this year more than ever, the way the players fall is going to adjust who you pick where. Well, wouldn't our list be a little bit unbalanced then? Because we've only got really then um, Loeb and uh, what else? How can I forget his name? Redden as our two our two main rucks. So really, our list is a little bit unbalanced, or because you got the quirk of the rookie list now that if one of them does get a, an injury, we can pull up Renouf to replace them. But you know, yeah. I guess looking at our list at the moment, that which means then we should be taking uh, that Ruckman maybe with one of the, the second or third pick uh, to counter that. The, I would think we would look for a Ruckman somewhere along the line. Um, now, whether we go for one of the more highly fancied ones or whether they wait for a rookie draft and pick up somebody like Josh Miller from Glenelg, who's 203 centimetres and can kick and catch and... Yeah, he's been playing reserves footy. How he wasn't in the state team is beyond me. Um, so, yeah, they might go that way. OK, pick 52. We've got to lock it in. Well, Dimitri is getting anxious. <laughs> go the Rutman then, I say. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the one I can't pronounce. Janus does a good job. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I would be stoked if we got Lankovic at 52. Right now, this is looking like a great draft. <laughs> so Jeff, should Jeff no one else is picking. <laughs> Jeff Parker has earned his money this draft so far. Now, last pick. We got rid of Renouf. We've now got another pick. Pick 70. Who's going to be there? Who are we likely to get? We've got Fraser Dale training with us. We've got Sam Gray training with us. Uh, Kulikowski as well. Um, or do we go, you know, another untried player with that pick? I think the fact that they've put Renouf back to the rookie list suggests that they have one particular player in mind. They know who it is. And uh, it would be pretty confident that if he went... If we got to the rookie draft, he'll go early rookie, but they're pretty confident he won't get drafted. So the question mark is who the hell that is going to be. I don't think they would show their hand by putting him on the train-on list. So I think the guys at train-on are really looking for rookie spots. Yep. Um, now, who, who fits that bill that they think is good that nobody's going to draft because the risk is too high, but yet they think that everybody would snap him up in the rookie draft. The only player I can think of that fits that bill is Luke Buckby. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> I was going to who? <laughs> I thought you guys might say that. He played one reserves games out at Central's this year. 
being the first game of the year and went down with a foot injury and hasn't played all year. Is that a euphemism for we hit him in Keith Thomas's cupboard? Uh, no, that's a euphemism for he actually got injured. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, he was in the State Academy, came out, and they have an academy game in early February. And each year there's a kid comes out and plays real well in that game and ends up getting drafted. And all the, all the major scouts are there and you, all the recruiting managers are there. And uh, so, like, everybody sits there and goes, I really don't know who that kid is, but we'll talk him up to the manager because we just saw him play a good game of football. And then everybody goes off and does their due diligence and finds out he can actually play. Um, yeah, so Buckby's 192 centimetres. Real good move. He's got pace, he's got endurance. Um, so everybody's got testing results on him. They just have not seen a quantity of football from him. Yep. Except for that one game. Yep. There's a uh, there is, if you Google well, him, there's a story on the on the central side about it. Brenton Phillips supposedly talked him up quite a bit as a uh, draft talent as well. Now, when you say only one game, they actually saw him play an academy game. Mm-hmm. Then you've got your three pre-season games that he would have played and then the Sanford games. The fact that he was on the radar, they've probably seen him play five games. So they would have enough vision to make some sort of judgment. Or, yep, there could be one of these in a different state that they really like. Well, will Alex Spinner still be there? Jeepers, if he is, we'll take him. (laughs) (laughs) What about someone like Riley Knight or Liam Jacker? couple of names that um, are around the mark. Liam Jacker, I like. He's real quick. Very outside footballer, but in the mix of players we've got, a pick 70, you can look at an outside type with pace. Janus, what are your thoughts, mate? Uh, on Spinner? or oh, pick, pick 70. Oh, pick 70. Oh, okay. Well, um... So we've just got Burn Jones, who's that sort of yeah. outside midfielder defender. We've got Darcy Hurrigan. We've got Toby Nankovis. Yep. Well, you, it all depends if there's someone who slides. Like, if someone like a spinner comes down, then obviously you're going to go for him. But, um, yeah, I agree, I agree with what uh, Mish said in terms of there was a reason why we dropped Renouf down, especially... But see, the thing is that I'm thinking about is if it was this, uh, you say his name was Buckby? Yep. That's his name. He was there originally at the start of the year, like they knew about him at the start. So why wouldn't they have done that straight away in the first list lodgement and said, okay, we're going to delist you and then pick you up in the rookie? Or did they want to wait until delisted free agency was over? Is there something to do with that? I'm just wondering what the particular reason for doing it right now is. It may be that they've done their homework and they've gone to talk to Buckby again and mm-hmm. realised that they're the only club that's talked to them. Okay. Right. Um, the club really, really, really rated. But they went out to visit him a week before the draft or something like that. And no other club had been out there, and only one club had rang him leading into that draft that last month. were confident no one was going to pick him, so they picked him so late. Mm -hmm. So it could be something like this. So what we're saying is, we just don't know. It'll be a surprise. Oh, pick 70. You can (laughs) predict pick 70. Yeah, but in terms of it'll be more, more of a surprise than is normally <laughs> you know what I mean yep this is shaping up to be like a Jonathan Giles type pick because I remember at the time with Jonathan Giles everyone said who the hell is Jonathan Giles like the AFL website didn't even have his name in the system at all they didn't know who he was what height he was where he played it just said Jonathan Giles as the pick on the AFL website and that was it this is lining up to be that sort of pick in my opinion 
Yep. Yep. I don't know whether it will be that far left field, but yes, certainly, as I said, they think they've got somebody. Thank God St Kilda don't have a pick since pick 19. <laughs> <laughs> but St Kilda do have pick two in the rookie draft. Ah, uh, maybe, oh, there you go. Maybe that was the reason. That makes more sense. Yeah. Um, that does make things interesting. In another mid that I like from South Australia is Nick Favretto from WA, or from West Adelaide. Um, quick midfielder, he's 189 centimetres, really racks up the possessions. Um, been very outside as a junior, played the last league game for West Australia, well, for West Adelaide, God. Um, <laughs> must be past my bedtime. <laughs> um, and he played as an inside mid for part of that game and he looked good, clean, poised and he's got this physique of an AFL footballer so there's a lot around it's just a matter of whether they go there mm. but I don't think it'll be Nathan Batsanis oh there's a blast from the park <laughs> <laughs> Batsanis alright well pick 70 do we lock in Buckby thinks as good as any Let's do it. He's locked in. Yeah. yeah. Done. So what about Fraser Dale then? Is he a bit of a decoy? I'd say he's rookie. You'd rookie this, any of those train on guys. So he's still got two rookie picks to go. What do you think? Maybe um, our mate Alan might poach him. I pick two. I don't think we'd be that concerned if he did. He finished fourth in the 3K run, didn't he? No, that was um, Cleary. Cleary? Or was it fifth? Yep. I thought I read somewhere that he was pretty high up there in the uh, in the run. Not that yeah, that means I, too much. I haven't read every, everything this week, so that's a fair chance. But, yeah, Cleary ran a 10.02, which is great for the way he plays football. Yeah, well, I mean, it's taken us a little bit off topic, but... You know, someone we spoke about a few weeks ago, someone was saying, why not give him a run-up forward? And I'd be really keen to uh, to give him an opportunity up forward if uh, if we can't uh, if we can't if we can't break into our defence anyway. He played a bit up there as a junior. If you look at his highlight reel from last year, it's got a bit of him playing up forward and playing that Westoff role where he can run all over the ground and drift up forward. I think there's a spot for him. If Westoff gets injured or as Westoff retires. Well, that's probably a long way away. Well, well, he's 27, 28 now, isn't he? He'd have five years, wouldn't he? Surely. Westoff? Yeah. Yeah. Pushing it. You reckon? Yeah. Well, the big guys go further. Well, because he he, uh, is more mobile, runs more, you reckon that might burn him out a bit quicker? Oh, the other one that will retire is um, Schultz, but hopefully Shaw takes his spot. Yeah, I can't see either Schultz or Westhoff being at the club in five years' time, to be honest. Really? What, so why do, you, why do you guys reckon that um I just think West they'll Hoff be retired. Would... Yep. Really? Yep. 32, 33-year-old key position forwards. How many of them are running around the AFL? True, Plus but he's athlete. got a bit of a... He's got a bit of a different build, though, doesn't he? Yes. yes. And talking about that, I mean, Justin pretty much did nothing for the last four years before this season. So really, <laughs> yeah, you know, he had a bit. Of, he had a bit of a hiatus. So he's probably got very rough. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I was a bit harsh on Justin um, over those years, but I mean, he's improved a lot this year. But uh, uh, I couldn't help myself. He'll bash me next time he sees me at the club, no doubt. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. We've locked him in. I think that's a pretty fair draft. Very good. And if it's if it's nothing like that on the actual day, we're all going to blame Mish, aren't we? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. 
I know nothing. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, we might leave it there for this evening. Uh, it's been an eventful evening. Um, a few technical difficulties, but that's all right. Um, Mish, thanks for coming on, mate. No worries. It's been to, fun. Uh, speak to you again on this podcast soon. Yes. Janus, you as well. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Go the power. Go the power. Go the power. Go the power. God, we sound so bloody depressed. What's the matter with us all? <laughs> bloody hell. God, this is the best day of the year. We should be excited. No, no this day's two days away. True, true. Put this two accountants into a podcast and that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. Until next time. Yeah. See ya. See ya. Right, see ya. So few have done for so long. They've taken the biggest scalp in footy. Bruce, there'll be a bit of noise here in a minute. They could get second spot still. They're a final four chance now. The colossus of the game has been beaten. It's the best win this club has ever had.